I love this story. As a little girl, I had a record player. I know this dates me. I would take the record player out, sit on the living room floor, move the needle to just this story. Moses and the burning bush. How this story spoke to me as a little girl wrestling with calling. I can still hear that Charleston Heston-like voice that must be like God's of that booming sound calling out, Moses. I love how the Word of God is living for us, don't you? How a story that we've read before, once, twice, or 147 times, the Holy Spirit can breathe new life and speak to us again. So shall we make that our prayer today? Come Holy Spirit, breathe life into this Word. Feed us, teach us. In Jesus' name. I have a confession to make. When I was a student sitting here in Estes Chapel in my early 20s, I had this impression that, you know, the Lord would just clarify my calling and we'd like, you know, sort out that issue. And I'd be on to kind of bigger and other things. You know, I kind of had this impression that by the time I was an older adult, you know, a real adult, like what I am now, <laughs> that I would be on to other things. Can I just confess to you that the issue of calling is a lifelong issue for us? It is for me. I have different seasons in my life, different and new assignments to say yes to when the Lord comes calling. And I have wrestled with a proper alignment to God's call over and over again. So this text is uh, speaking to me. So let's zero in on Moses' response here and our own. I think Moses was struggling with some pride. You see that? By the time we go through chapter 3 into chapter 4, take time to re-look at that sometime. Moses goes so far as to say to God, would you send somebody else? I'm not an eloquent speaker, God. Are you sure? Deep feelings of inadequacy. And you know, pride takes on many forms, doesn't it? There's the obvious pride, the, the bragging you know, full of yourself pride. And there's also that inverted pride turned in on yourself, overly fixated on your inadequacies in a way that cripples us. And we see Moses here. I'm so glad we get to see Moses here struggling with that reality. Have you ever seen pride in the church? Come on, help me a little. You ever seen it? We like to take our pride and dress it up with religious language. Think with me, have a little fun with this. We can lean into pride. You ever been around somebody in our church cultures who leans into pride and uh, they kind of are over there talking to their friends, bragging just a little bit about how good they've become at their spiritual disciplines? Or some pastor who's been told over and over again that they are wonderful, that they practically walk on the water, and when they come in the room, you can just feel it. 
Or what about the other leaning? The other leaning of inadequacy. You ever been around someone who's in a passive-aggressive sort of way, putting themselves down so as to ask you for a compliment to prop them up? Ever complimented someone after a good God thing happened and they respond with, oh, it was all God, not me? And I think, were you not just in the room when that happened? Yes, let's be humble, but what does that look like? Moses struggled with this. Now what happens when we discover it out there, and what happens when we point that finger back to us? You ever struggle with those leanings? Huh? Am I only the one who has to stand up here and say, there have been times, I have to confess, I've been a little bit like a marshmallow in a microwave. And that there's been other times where I struggle with inadequacy. Do you see how God corrects and realigns Moses' thinking? So Moses is saying, I'm not eloquent. Please send somebody else. And God says, in a paraphrased edition, Moses, am I not God? I think this is a little over your head. I made your tongue. Don't I get to choose how you use it? Hmm. What about us? You know, in the book of Numbers, it records that Moses was a very humble man. Most humble man on the face of the earth, it even says. So I think we have something to learn from Moses. And I love how in Exodus chapter 3, we get an initial spark of this emerging humility in the servant Moses. There's Moses before the burning bush, a sign and a wonder before him. There's Moses listening to the voice of God calling his name. He's told not to come any closer. He's told to take off his shoes. In other words, he's told, have a proper understanding of who you're meeting with right now. And Moses responds with a proper response, I think. He says, who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go, and he's right. King David said a real similar phrase when God was telling him that, that David was going to be blessed, that his lineage would continue, that he would have an eternal throne set up through David's lineage. You know how David responds to that? God, who am I that you have shown me such favor? Wise King Solomon. Wise King Solomon is saying, God, you are so great. You are so holy. The heavens cannot contain you. Who am I to build you a house? Who are we? These questions in Exodus, who are you, God, and who am I? You see, we start leaning. 
We start leaning with pride and inadequacy when we're doing the comparison game over here. But when we have an encounter with the living God and we begin to measure the greatness of God, our perspective begins to change. Maybe we need some more awe and reverence in our life with God. Maybe we need some more moments where we can honestly say, Lord, my very breath is because of you. Who am I to go and answer this calling? Whatever it is for each of us, who am I to go and answer this calling? God in his mystery has designed it that his mission is accomplished through ordinary men and women like me and you. And we're invited into the call. Who am I that I should go? You know what God says back? Does God respond with a pep talk about how great Moses is? No, God responds with a promise of himself. God responds with, Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. Come on now. Doesn't that sound like something else you've heard in Scripture? Jesus to his disciples. I will be with you to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit coming to the early church. The Holy Spirit, a gift to us to dwell with us. God indescribable. God who we are not worthy of, a gift to us. I will be with you. You know, your calling and my calling, it doesn't begin and end with us. And it's really not all about us. And in proper humility, we're invited into the reality that we get to follow a great God. And we get to serve a great God the great I am. So today as we prepare for the table, I just want to invite you to ask the Spirit of God to speak to you about your leanings. Ask God to give you a kind of proper humility as you respond to the call of God on your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.